This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And good Saturday morning, and welcome to the Outdoors Show. Uh, as many of you know, Don has had some problems with his voice lately, so he asked me to fill in for him. For those of you who don't know me, I am Dr. Anthony Fauci, and I'll be filling in today. Now, now Don gave me all these papers here about fishing reports and tips and who's going to be calling in and that kind of stuff. But what I wanted to talk to you today about was the importance of wearing your masks. There's been some rumors that a lot of the fishermen and hunters really don't think they need those masks, so they haven't been wearing them, and that has got to stop. As I'm doing this show, I've actually got three masks on. I've got two face masks, and something very important for you listeners is ear masks. Nobody's wearing ear masks, and they're listening to this radio show with who knows how many people all together listening. So I'm telling you the importance of ear mask. And wait a minute, look, look, get this guy out of here. Fauci's got to go. We're not talking about face masks or vaccine. We're talking hunting fish. Just, just get him out the door. All right. Oh man, you think you got a guy helping you? And that's what he does. Uh, folks, we're going to talk outdoors today. we got a lot to talk about. Uh, this weekend, going on up in Alexandria, Louisiana Taxidermy Association. They are having their conference and convention. I was there with photographer Chris Lecoq yesterday. And i got to tell you, we got some beautiful footage of some of those fantastic mounted specimens that will be coming up on a future Bayou Wild TV. But if you want to go there and see for yourself and actually participate in selecting uh, some of the champions in the competition through the People's Choice Award, uh, it's being held at the River Center in downtown Alexandria, which is right adjacent to the Holiday Inn. And the doors will open for the public. It's absolutely free. 9 a.m. this morning, and it'll go on till about 3.30 for the public, and then you'll be asked to cast your vote if you'd like to for some of the People's Choice Awards. There are taxidermists from all over Louisiana and many other states that are participating in this wonderful event, and if you've ever been interested in uh, how to get started in taxidermy or what it takes to be a taxidermist, or if you're just shopping around to get a specimen you maybe you caught or bagged, Mounted, uh, it's a good place to go. It's going to be at the Louisiana Taxidermy Association uh, Convention that's in Alexandria today. Uh, doors will open at 9 a.m. at the River Center in Alexandria. Uh, other things we're going to be talking about, uh, well, you know, we, we got those live fishing reports coming in. Boy, i got to tell you, we got some really good speckled trout reports we're going to hear about this morning. Uh, also, we've got our uh, David Cresson, uh, director for the Coastal Conservation Association, going to give us the latest update on House Bill 535. It's become known as the Pogie Boat Bill. We'll tell you how that's doing. 
and explain to you what it's all about if you're not familiar with it, if you haven't heard us on some of our previous shows. Also, we'll talk a little about House Bill 691. That's to increase the hunting and license fees in Louisiana to overcome a serious uh, deficit that the department is experiencing. And as always, we ask you to text your comments and questions, 504-260-1870. Comes right in here to the studio. Bad boys, yeah, we got them. Got some road hunters uh, busted right here in my home parish of St. Tammany. We'll tell you about that. And this is a crawfish kind of weekend for me. Uh, those of you who will be uh, anywhere around New Orleans today, I want to invite you to come by and the second annual Build and Boil. It's a benefit for rebuilding together New Orleans. It helps families uh, do some critical home repairs. It raises funds from noon to 4 o'clock. Uh, I'll be one of the teams competing in boiling crawfish. It's a contest. We'll ask you to vote for your favorite one. There's all-you-can-eat wristbands. For $35 at the door, there'll be music, games, and an interesting contest called the Fastest Peeler Contest. Where? It's at 2801 Murray Street in New Orleans. If you want more information, go to Rebuilding Together New Orleans, and there's more information. So come on by, stop by, say hello, and sample some of my uh, famous crawfish that I've done for many, many years. All right, we'll be right back after this and, and, and talk to Robbie Campo and see if I can get this Dr. Anthony Fauci guy out of the building. Thanks for tuning in. We love to talk with you each and every Saturday morning, and we're back right after this. Now, just tell him out. We don't need him. You know, it's ridiculous with the face mask and whoever heard of an ear mask and all that. For Next to be wanting people to get vaccines and all. You know, the guy was supposed to handle the outdoor show for me. He just, just tell him, oh, we're back. Okay. All right, let's get to Robbie Campo. He's got a fishing report for us on Shell Beach. Hey, Robbie, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing great, Doc. Can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Listen, uh, All right. you got any crabbers down there that might need some crab bait? I got this guy Fauci. I got to find out something to put him to use for. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that whole that whole administration's got to go as far as I'm concerned. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> but anyway, you know uh, that's a story for another time. But uh, yes, look, sir. You know this week here, this week here we had some windy days, but they still put some fish in the boat. Yesterday was a beautiful day. Wind blew out the northeast, so the guys that were going to try to go out to, you know, out to the outside, the water was dirty out there, so they came back in. Um, you know, uh, the Comfort Island area was still dirty yesterday, but up in Christmas Camp Lake, they caught some fish. They caught some fish up on the north side of the channel, like from behind the dam out to Anastasio, the back end of Anastasio. They caught some fish up in Pasanandaz and Lake Machias. So, uh, you know, I, I really believe today if you go out there, we're supposed to have a southeast wind today that's supposed to pick up, you know, from 10 to 15 miles an hour. I believe we're going to, you know, they say it's going to start blowing pretty good uh, after the sun comes up. Right now, we've got, we got really light winds. Um, it's an easterly wind, but it's really light. Um, I, I think you could get the morning in, um, you know, provided you could get out in time. But I think you could still get, get, you know, get a morning bite on and, uh you know, look, hook the left, come on down and see us, and we're gonna we're gonna get you in the water. We got we got live shrimp, uh, and, and they're getting better, Don. The live shrimp are getting better. People have been asking me and asking me and asking me. Um, it is getting better every day. Um, I'll say it again this week, just like I said last week. 
anything that grows out of an egg last week will not be an adult this week. So, uh, you know, hats from an egg. So it's just, that's just the way it is. They're, they're a little on the small side, but they are getting better. Um, you know, last week they were terrible. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, we just not even going to kid ourselves. But they are better this week. There's way more fishable shrimp in them. So, look, hook the left. Come on down and see us, and we're going we're gonna to get you going. Uh, Robbie, as far as uh, people maybe trying to make trips out to the islands, I, I don't know if that wind's going <laughs> to be a rough ride back in. They can probably get out there. Has, has anybody been out there this week? I know the wind's probably kept them in, but maybe maybe yesterday it was fishable out there. No, Well, you know, yesterday you could have got out there, but uh, they tell me the water was dirty. The people that went out there said the water was dirty, so uh, not much fish was caught out that way yesterday. Um, now, earlier in the week, uh, some guys went out there, and they did really well. Uh, you know, Don, it seems like we got a different wind blowing every day, man. We just can't get a break with this wind. But if it'll calm down for three or four, you know, get a stretch for three or four days, uh, um, I, I'm really believing that, we, you know, we're going to see some we're going to see some serious fish caught around here. All right, Robbie, it all sounds good, my friend. And, uh, hopefully people get out there today. Tomorrow looks like it's going to be another good day. Just don't have a lot of tide movement, so maybe that wind will help move some bait and water around and, you know, be a substitute for a lack of tide. Well, you know, well, you know, Don, the wind was blowing yesterday out of the northeast. It did push some – we did – it was more wind-driven current than current, but uh, it, we did have a little bit of tide movement, and there's a lot of birds working, so – uh, you know, you might have you might stop and you might fish. You might have sail cats under them, or you might have trout. So, you know, you're just gonna have to stop and try that. Uh, so, you know, and if anybody still wants to do that sheephead run, the sheephead are still on the rocks, uh, on the long rocks. They're on the short rock side. So, if you if you get out there and you want to fish them, you're about a foot and a half under a cork, and you could reel them all. You could catch them all day long. So. You can put some fish in a boat. Ain't no reason not to stay home. Come on down. Come fishing and come see us. Sounds good, Rob. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. All right, Don. Talk to you later, buddy. Bye-bye. All right. Robbie Campo, some good news. Got live shrimp down there at the Shell Beach Marina. All right. Uh, I'm going to run down a couple of CCA events. You know, we're back into the uh, time of year where we got the CCA banquets. Uh, this coming Thursday, May 20th, Alexandria at the Riverfront Center, right where that Louisiana Taxidermy Association is going on. Boy, that's a beautiful facility, by the way. First time I'd been there yesterday. Uh, Tangy CCA chapter is going to be at La Fleur de Lis Wednesday, May 26th. And uh, something else kicking off at the end of next week. Uh, you got the Star Tournament coming up. That's right. That's going to be on May 29th. So you still got some time to get the ticket in there. Uh, but don't wait too long. Just got a couple weeks before that kicks off. All right, when we come back after this, Jeff Brill's got a fishing report for us. Mostly freshwater, but he did a little saltwater fishing, too. We'll get his report right after this time out. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And if you like to fish bass and freshwater fishing, we've got a special report with Jeff Brule. Also does a little saltwater fishing, some tips for that, too. His report, by the way, is a service of Berkeley. They are a division of pure fishing. You know them for the Berkeley line of gulf baits, for the crappie, the bass, inshore, offshore saltwater. Lines for all fishing, whether you use the braid, the monofilament, fluorocarbon, and thousands of fishing accessories. I'm talking everything from a catfish flipper to a hand weigh scale. To fillet knives, if it's done for fishing, Berkeley has it. 
a division of Pure Fishing. Good morning, Jeff. Uh, we have had just some monsoons this past couple of weeks. In fact, the last two months are kind of setting records for rainfall. How's that affecting the fishing, particularly in the river areas? Yeah, it's kind of like a broken record every two weeks when I come on and talking about how high the rivers are. And that's no exception this time. The Pearl River's at 16 feet, uh, even more rain predicted next, next week. The smaller bayous, sometimes like Liberty and Lacombe, will clear up a little bit sooner. So that might be an area to try if you want to get out and do some freshwater fishing on the North Shore. Chef Pass would be another area to go to. Uh, you can kind of get pushed back in those ponds if it's not too windy. And uh, those grassy ponds stay fairly clear with uh, and protected from the from the rivers and stuff. But all the North Shore rivers, they meet Danspahoe all the way across Chapunkta, all of them are pretty high and muddy. Um, if you're going to go spinnerbaits and light Texas rigs, kind of just poke around and see if you can find a few fish. But it's just been really tough uh, locally just to find a day where you can go where the wind's not blowing or it's not raining. Sometimes that muddy water can, can be a, a help to you, though, because where it mixes, a lot of times right at that confluence, that's where the fish are hanging out, right? Yep, sometimes that's a good tip. Uh, over there in Morgan City, the river's at five foot. Uh, the, the basin's high and, and in the woods. You know, over there, I got some reports at some of the tournaments, like six, seven pounds winning on the west side, only events. But if you go look for those canals on the high bank, you'll find some protected areas, but you know, often this time of year, with the river high, you find kind of two kind of waters. You find that black, clear swamp water or, or muddy river water. But when you find the two mixing, yeah, just stop and fish it because you never know. You, know, you throw crankbaits, spinnerbaits down that mud line, and, or you flip some plastic. Sometimes that's just the key because the fish are in that kind of muddy water, but they're looking out in that clear water where the bait's coming out of the woods or coming around a point or something. You know, Jeff, one of the things about being in South Louisiana, we got a mix of fresh, brackish, and salt water. So if one's not producing, one's got bad conditions, like we got these high, muddy river conditions, you can turn to salt water. And uh, that was a choice you made. How'd you do on your little fishing trip in the lake? I didn't do great. Uh, we had a good time, but, you know, it was kind of one of those decisions. I couldn't really fish the North Shore. And it was a no-tide day, so I didn't really want to run to Delacroix, one of those places, try to fish bass when you didn't really have a lot of tide movement. So, you know, the reports were they catch a few fish on the bridge, and we did catch uh, three flounders, and we did catch a lot of small trouts and, and redfish, but, you know, with the tide not moving, we didn't really do that well. But I think we missed a lot of flounders. We had a lot of bites where you you reel, 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 and as soon as you get that bait up close to the boat, the fish come off. He didn't jump or nothing, just like you let go, and that typical a flounder bite and uh we had i'll probably say over 10 bites like that where we got stand there with a the net waiting to net something my cousin was doing the same and then like i said we get it right up next to the boat and fish just comes off <laughs> i gotta tell you a flounder i think is probably the hardest fish to get into a net uh you know usually they're not hooked well like you say sometimes they're not hooked at all they're just biting on there and as soon as they see that net coming that one quick flip and poof, off they go yeah well, a good tip for flounders uh use a little bit heavier rod medium to heavy action rod i like to drag a gulp shrimp on the bottom just kind of slow and a lot of times when you get those flounder bites with those scented baits they seem to hold on a little better but use a real hard hook set and then I just horse them in from there, unless they're just super big. I don't wait from that. I 
try to just bring them on in and flip them in the boat if I can. Because if you sit there and kind of play with a net and he's not really hooked good, he's going to come off. I couldn't tell you how many times I've seen people don't really set the hook, but they reel it and they see it. Oh, it's a flounder. It's flounder. Get the net. And all of a sudden, he just opens his mouth and swims <laughs> off. Yeah, they just don't oh, hang yeah. on tight unless you get the hook in them. It happens a lot. You know, the thing about fishing those flounders in, in deep water, and I call Lake Pontchartrain deep water. You know, it's, you know, 11 foot deep or so. Uh, when you hook a flounder, you feel that bounce. It's a bounce, 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 bounce as he's coming up. And that's when it's a sure sign it's a flounder. And like you say, uh, you don't want to play with him. Let him, you know, admire it while it's swimming around on top of the water. The best thing to do is try to flip it, or if you already got the net in the water, swim him right in there and get him in because they are escape artists. They truly are. In the summertime, a lot of times you go around some of the passes, and we take bass gear like big flipping sticks, seven-and-a-half heavy actions, and put a chunk of shrimp and just use a jig, go around the bayous and stuff, and and use that big heavy action rod to set the hook on them. And you slam them like you're fishing for bass. You have to set the hook that hard. But a lot of times when you fish that way, you get the hook in them and you can get them into the boat. Always got some good tips, Jeff. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. And uh, let's hope this rain finally gives us a little bit of break after this week. I I see it's forecast for midweek, but hopefully when that's done, we'll get into our regular summertime patterns and get a nice little drought in here. That should be nice. Would be nice. Water temperatures are low, too, and that's kind of impacting the fish, too. I think it's slowing the spawn down and, and making it last a little longer, but it's also just kind of got the fish all over the place and just makes them tougher to catch in the fresh water. Yes, sir. Jeff, again, thank you. We'll catch up with you next time. All right. Thanks, Don. All right, coming up next, uh, Executive Director of Louisiana Coastal Conservation Association been keeping us up to date on uh, House Bill 535. It's been called the Pogi Bill uh, to limit the, 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 the range of, of fishing up close to our coast, a half-a-mile buffer zone, which a lot of people don't think that's too much to ask considering the bycatch and actually some damage to coastal restoration projects that's occurring. We'll get him to explain it and talk about the bill that was introduced in the legislature this week. We'll find out more all about it right after this time out. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Well, the Louisiana, excuse me, legislature is in session right now, and there's a lot of bills, not a lot, but several bills that affect you, the sportsman. The Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries is supporting uh, raising the fees for hunting and fishing licenses, uh, sorely needed budgetary uh, deficit, and hopefully they can get something arrived at. We'll be maybe talking to Brian McClinton again and getting his details on how that bill is doing. We also uh, have House Bill 535 by Representative Ogeron. Uh, we've been keeping you up to date on this one. Uh, David Cresson with the Louisiana Coastal Conservation Association has been monitoring this. And right after we pause, just a quick 10 seconds, we'll get David on to explain the bill, its purpose, and what its status is right now in the legislature. But first, we pause these 10 seconds for our local stations to identify themselves on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And we welcome David Cresson onto the program. David, how are you doing this morning? Good morning, Don. Good to be with you. Yes, sir. Boy, busy time. We're getting into the CCA chapter banquets. We're getting the star kicked off. A lot of fishing rodeos are on schedule this year. Uh, things are looking good for the summer. Uh, House Bill 535, going on in the legislature. Representative Ogeron, we've been talking about it for uh, the last couple of weeks. If you would, briefly explain it, because, you know, we've got new people listening, uh, people that haven't heard about it in details and understand it. If you would, uh, briefly give us an overview of what that bill is all about. 
Yeah, uh, House Bill 535 is by Representative Joe Ogeron, who is a state rep out of the Golden Meadow area. Uh, great guy and really has stepped up to the plate uh, to lead on this particular issue, along with uh, several other state reps that have been working on this for a while, Representative Brian Fontenot, Representative Jerome Zerang, uh, and others, uh, so Senator Brett Allah, Senator Bob Henskins, uh, Representative um, Kerner out of the Lafitte area. So there's been quite a few folks working on this, but Representative Joe Ogeron is the one that ended up running the bill, authoring the bill, uh, House Bill 535, which creates a coastwide half-mile buffer uh, where Menhaden harvest, uh, reduction harvest, is restricted. There's some extra uh, buffer zone around Grand Isle out to three miles, and there's some additional buffer zone uh, off of Elmers, off of the Timbaliers, and off of Grand Tayer out to one mile. Uh, we believe this is uh, very much a good bill. It is a compromise with the industry that we've been working on for, for a long time. You might recall that in the fall, there was a opportunity for the Wildlife Fisheries Commission to pass a one-mile coastwide buffer, uh, and uh, we, the commission decided not to vote on that, and they asked us to go back to the drawing board. And so Representative Ogeron's bill is uh, a result of that, that additional work. And uh, half mile is very much a, a reasonable compromise uh, between the industry and the recreational community, the conservation community. But unfortunately, the, the industry does not agree that a half mile is, uh, is a fair compromise and uh, is fighting Representative Ogeron's bill uh, tooth and nail at the legislature. Now, it did pass through the House Natural Resources Committee this past week. Uh, we had several CCA members there testifying and, and in support of the bill. Uh, it passed on a 10 to 4 vote through committee, uh, pretty much along party lines, which uh, which is a little bit disappointing. But but nonetheless, the um, the bill did pass and it will go to the House floor this week. Uh, the entire House of Legislature will have an opportunity to vote on it. I believe this week it should be probably Wednesday or Thursday. If it passes through the House, uh, it'll go on to the Senate, where it'll hit the committee first, Senate Natural Resources, and then uh, it ultimately would go to the Senate floor, where uh, where the entire Senate would have an opportunity to vote on it. But first, we've got to get it through the House floor, which is, uh, we believe, going to be this week. Uh, look, this is... Um, this is long overdue. Louisiana is one of the only states in the country that really allows this kind of fishing at all. Uh, we're the only state in the Gulf with no buffer zone whatsoever on this uh, on this type of fishing. This is a very, very industrialized type of fishing. Uh, about a billion pounds of Manhattan pogies are taken from Louisiana shorelines each year. Again, we're really the only place in the Gulf that, that allows much of it at all. Uh, and we're not asking much. We're asking for half a mile. And um, and you would think, being the only state that really allows this to happen at all, that the industry would have, um, you know, some basic some basic uh, courtesy for for the coast that we value so much uh, by giving us this half mile to uh, to protect our shorelines, to protect our wildlife, and to uh, and to uh, to create some you know some harmony in the user conflict that, that exists out there. David, if you stay with me, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about some of the species that 
are impacted by this. And also, you know, let people know. i got some people texting, and they say, well, what is the argument? Why does the Menhaden industry, is this half mile off the coast so important to them? And get you to talk about that a little bit, too. We're talking with David Cresson. He's the director of Louisiana Coastal Conservation Association, informing you, educating you on House Bill 535 being considered in the legislature. And uh, you should let your legislator know how you feel about it. And we're trying to give you the information to do just that. We're back in three minutes right after this time out on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And we're talking with uh, Director of Coastal Conservation Association, David Cresson, this morning about House Bill 535. This is to create a buffer zone off the Louisiana coast, the contention being that these pokey boats are doing some damage to the restoration projects by dredging up, churning up some of the the, the silt that has been deposited there through dredging projects. Uh, also, it uh, has an enormous bycatch of shrimp and mullet, and catfish, redfish, speckled trout, croaker, and many other species. Uh, David, what does the science show uh, on this? You know, they, uh, according to a lot of people, I get calls. I know you do too. People are out fishing, and they see acres and acres of floating dead fish that are bycatch. Uh, they say it's detrimental to the species. Um, the, the industry says it's allowable bycatch. It's not really harming it. Uh, from what I understand, if I recall, we have not had a study done on the bycatch for over 20-something years. Yeah. There's, uh, it's been a while since we've, uh, since we've had any bycatch studies for sure. And uh, the science, honestly, Don, is a little bit, is a little bit hard to uh, to pin down on some of this stuff. You you hear different numbers every time you talk to these guys. They have a different number for for the bycatch. Sometimes it's one percent. Sometimes it's two percent. The allowable bycatch in this fishery is five percent. And so let's do a little math on that. A billion pounds of fish coming out of Louisiana waters thereabouts. Five uh, percent of that, Don, is fifty million pounds of bycatch. So 50 million pounds of shrimp and croaker and mullet and, you know, redfish and speckled trout and other, uh, other sea life that gets caught, caught up in these nets. Uh, certainly when you are taking that size of a harvest from the shorelines where, where so many of our spawning fish, um, you know, are, where so many birds are nested right on those beaches where, where, there, where our sea mammals like dolphins and, and others depend on these areas when you're taking that amount of fish from that area um you know it it doesn't take uh it doesn't take a genius to understand what kind of impact you're having there again the bycatch studies have been um have been a while since any have have been done Um, the ranges in those bycatch studies are are pretty broad and and again we don't even know how they're uh, how they're estimating that bycatch through these studies. Are there observers on the boat? Are they counting the dead discards that are left in the water after? Uh, what you got to understand is when, uh, you know, when they encircle these enormous nets, 1,500 feet long, more than a quarter mile these nets are, when they encircle them around a school of fish, they then purse it closed into a very small circle. Um, and when they pull that amount of fish that close together, it ends up creating this dissolved oxygen condition in the water that kills everything in the net uh, through suffocation. Uh, and so by the time it's sucked up into the, the giant sucker hose on the big boat, 
uh, it's all dead anyway. And so anything that might be able to escape or might be too big to get on the boat because of the, uh, the you know, the grading system they have, it's it's dead when it's kicked back out, out of the net or off the side of the boat anyway. We don't know if any of that is, is counted in this bycatch. Certainly anything that, that uh, never floats up to the top is not counted. So uh, you're talking about an enormous bycatch that is counted and not, uh, you know, and who knows how much additional on top of that. So, um, you know, when you talk about the coastal erosion issue, you're, you're got, you've got boats here that when they have a harvest, you know, when they're full of harvest, they draft 10 or 12 or 13 feet of water. Um, again, I'm not a coastal ecologist, uh, but I can tell you that when you put a boat that drafts 10 to 13 feet of water in an area that's six to seven feet deep, that is doing damage to that seafloor. Uh, we've heard from shrimpers, in fact, that that are aggravated about these boats being in in these areas because they create they create these gouges in the seafloor that then make it difficult for shrimpers to you know to uh, to to do their work. So this is not just something CCA has has uh, you know pulled out of the pulled out of the sky. This is uh, a concern for many organizations around the country, uh, organizations like the Louisiana Charter Boat Association, the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partners, the American Sport Fishing Association, the International Game Fish Association, Congressional Sportsman's Foundation, the Audubon Society, uh, and many, many others that I could list for you. This is a real conservation concern, Don, and if we can't uh, if we can't get a half a mile of protection from this style of fishing off Louisiana's coast, where which is the only place really in the Gulf or you know basically in the country that's still allowing this kind of fishing, uh, then we really have to examine uh, what the relationship is between this fishery and Louisiana and whether it's worth it, um, you know, to our coast to to have this going on. A half mile is not too much to ask. Uh, the polling on this is overwhelming that the people of Louisiana want uh, this sort of protection for our coast. And, uh, and, and we've negotiated and worked very closely with the industry to get all the way down to a half a mile because they've said it's uh, very important to them. And, and we've listened. And uh, for them to be uh, fighting so hard against even a half a mile is, is disappointing and, um, and, uh, and it's a concern. Well, David, I got to get to a break, but before you go, if someone feels very strongly either way about it, uh, how do they suggest? How do you suggest they contact their legislator to let them know? Well, I can tell you, CCA is going to have messaging going out this week to all of our members, asking for them to reach out to their state legislatures, uh, legislators. We did that last week, and it was uh, it was pretty impressive the amount of amount of emails that the the House committee got. But so, if you're a member of CCA, you'll get an email from us this week, uh, giving you a link to where you can reach out to your state rep directly. If you're not a member of CCA, I would ask you to reach out to your state uh, state legislator directly. Uh, go to the state legislator legislature's website, find out who your state rep is, and send them an email. Tell them House Bill 535 is important. But you can always go to ccalouisiana.com, whether you're a member or not. Right at the very top of the page is a link that you will find. It says Support House Bill 535 by Joe Ogeron. You click that link. It will give you all the information you need on the issue and give you an opportunity to, uh, to reach out to your legislators. All right, very good, David. Please keep us up to date as it progresses through the House and uh, in, on into the Senate. If any amendments develop, uh, keep us abreast. We really appreciate you doing, taking the time to do that. 
Thank you, Don. Appreciate your help. All righty. David Cresson, Executive Director, Louisiana CCA. Up next, Darrell Carpenter's got a fishing report for those of you who like to fish the Grand Isle, Leeville, Golden Meadow areas. It's next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, we uh, get our fishing report information on Grand Isle from Daryl Carpenter, realscreamers.com. Daryl, how's it been this week? Oh, Don, this week has been great up until about, I guess, Wednesday or Thursday. And then, of course, this wind started blowing on us, and it started blowing hard out of the east. And I think that's going to kind of be the pattern here for the next few days. It's going to be east-southeast, and your your challenge is going to be finding clean water. Um you know, the, the fish were here, I think, Thursday. Our, our catches started falling off a little bit because we had problems finding clean water. Uh, the fish, the pattern is still being the same, pretty much anything you throw at them. Um, we've, been, we've been fishing mostly with shrimp and our plastics. Uh, one, day, one day they'll hit the plastic over the shrimp. The next day they won't touch the plastic for a few hours, and you've got to use the shrimp. And then once you get them turned on, you can switch over. Uh, you know, it's just... I would say Sunday, Monday, Tuesday was just banner days. I mean, we were back early with limits of fish and so forth. But starting Thursday, it kind of tailed off. Yesterday was very tough with that with that 20 knot wind blowing all day, and uh, we found clean water. A lot of a lot of clean water on the beach, but it was just too rough to fish it. And I think that's going to probably be the pattern here for the next what four or five days. So you just got to find you a lee shoreline. You got to try to find you some clean water and go on for bear with any kind of bait you can find. Darrell, redfish are a lot easier to catch in dirtier water. Give us some uh, spots where you might try it if somebody's interested in redfish this weekend. Well, I'll tell you what, we got Mr. Evan headed up into the marsh this morning himself because his crew said they don't want to fight this wind. We're going for redfish on that boat. So, you know, he's going he's gonna to be finding, trying to find those smaller little redfish ponds with Right now, the water's a little bit low despite this east wind, so he's probably got to stay in the canals for a little while until that water rises up. And then once that water rises up, he'll be able to get into the mouth of some of those ponds, and that that's probably be the pattern. Everybody I've talked to said, and the people that have been redfishing, saying for the most part the redfish are still in the bigger bodies of water. So they're going to be either in your bigger bays around these broken islands or in your deeper canals until that water comes up. Then once it comes up, they'll filter in there to start feeding on those small shrimp and those crabs up in that grass. Darrell, you mentioned uh, catching the trout on the plastics. What's been the hot color down there? Well, all week long, all, early in the week, Don, it was um, it was what holly jolly. Uh, we use a lot of that matrix shad stuff, and the holly jolly was just tearing it up. Toward toward the end of the week, we started seeing birds popping everywhere. We started where we were, you know, if you parked in the right place, you'd have shrimp jumping all around your boat with trout chasing it. They left the holly jelly alone and went to that Creole shrimp. And uh, that's been the two main colors all week. And we've stayed with the Creole shrimp. And then yesterday we had, yesterday fishing birds, you know, you get a lot of small fish under those birds. So we downsized the bait. We went to the little lime green sparkle beetles, and that increased our catch tremendously because uh, those smaller fish were nipping at the tails under those birds. So lime green sparkle beetle, Creole shrimp, or holly jolly. When uh, you approach those birds, a lot of people get excited. When they see birds swarming down, they, they know there's fish there, and they run in there, and they bust up the birds. They bust up the school. What is your method for approaching feeding birds? Well, especially in conditions like we have right now with the wind blowing, 
I'll get well north of them and just kind of shut everything down. Just use the trolling motor to keep the boat facing the way I want it to face and let the wind push you into it nice and quietly. And don't don't get so close that you're all up in the middle of them and scared them and scattered them. A lot of times your bigger fish, we all know that under the birds, it's either going to be, you know, the downside is either going to be little baby trout or it's going to be a lot of gaff tops. I find that sometimes those bigger fish hang on the outside of that school. They're either hanging on the outside or they're hanging deeper. So I start I start well away from them, trying not to scare them, and just, just let the wind push in. And, and you know, another thing is you know, once the birds leave, the fish aren't always leave. A lot of times you're, you're just scaring the birds off. But those fish will hang there a lot of times, so don't give up too soon. You know, stay with it for a little while, and sometimes you'll get a little lull, and then all of a sudden the school comes back. Great tip. Daryl, they can find you on my website, DonTheOutdoorsGuide.com. Uh, how else can they get in touch with you if they want to get in on some of the fishing this summer with you? Well, they can find me at RealScreamers.com or just pick up the phone, 225-937-6288. All right, good luck on your search for clean water and for speckled trout, and we'll catch up with you next week. Thank you, Don. Y'all have a good day. All righty, Daryl Carpenter, you can hear the winds blowing. That's going to be uh, part of the challenge today and a lack of tide, but there's still going to be fish put in the boat. Just hope it's you. All right, we come back. We got Captain Mike Gallo with the fishing report, Paddler's Report with Brendan Bayard. Got uh, three bad boys from Slidell to tell you about and a whole lot more. It's all coming up in hour number two of the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And welcome into hour number two. Coming up shortly, we'll have some fishing reports from Captain Mike Gallo. Had a great catch of speckled trout yesterday. We'll get him to tell you how he did it, and maybe you can duplicate that. Also, Brendan Bayard's going to update us on the results of the Where You At uh, tournament that was held by the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club. Also, a paddler's fishing report. And Ryan Lambert will join us to give us a Plaquemines Parish report. Uh, looking for things to do. we got some things opening up and getting ready to open up. Uh, amberjack season is open. You can keep the amberjacks if you catch them in the Gulf. Uh, that's open until the 31st of the month. Remember that minimum size, they got to be 34 inches to the fork, and it's only one per person per day. It'll shut down and it'll reopen August 1st to November the 1st. Uh, red snapper season is just a couple of weeks away. Remember that will open for weekends, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday fishing. And uh, I'll tell you one thing that a lot of people don't get real excited about, except those that are really into it, and I'm talking about frogging. Uh, Louisiana frog season is closed for two months, April and May. So June 1st, you can get out there and get those Bill Bull frogs. And, boy, they've been taunting me. The ones back in my pond have been very vocal. And all this rain has certainly helped. All right, uh, something else to do this weekend. Today, as a matter of fact, the Louisiana Taxidermy Association is having its convention at the River Center in Alexandria, right up on the river in downtown Alexandria. Uh, they've got a competition going on. They've got seminars. It's actually an internal association event, but it's also open to the public. And what you're going to see is the best of the best. Uh, when they put these mounts and specimens in for competition, uh, they do their best work. So you're going to see some very unique mounted specimens. Uh, I saw everything from... Uh, chocolate-colored coyotes to uh, really uh, uniquely uh, positioned ducks and small game. Um, there's badgers. There's uh, uh, bears that amount. In fact, the uh, Pope and Young 
world record. I've got a picture of it on our Bayou Wild Facebook page. You might want to take a look at that. Uh, it was killed at a distance of less than 15 yards with a bow and arrow in Alaska. <laughs> and it was mounted in a position looking up a tree. At the top of the tree, there's a bald eagle protecting its salmon catch, which the bear looks like he wants. And uh, it's a wonderful mount, but it, what it is, when you get next to that bear, you really get a, a, a really good idea of their true size. If you see pictures and video and even in zoos, uh, you don't really appreciate the massive size of these brown bears. And you can check it out. It's at the River Center. Uh, they open the doors at 9 o'clock this morning to the public. Uh, as you go around, you can actually cast your vote for the people's choice, for your favorite mounts. as several different categories, uh, everything from uh, small game to waterfowl to large mammals to hoofed animals. A lot of white-tailed deer mounts there, too, and some very well-done ones. So, as, again, that's at the River Center uh, in Alexandria. All right, we come back after this timeout. We're going to join Born on the Bayou's Mike Gallo. I'm sure he may already be on the water. Had a great speckled trout trip. We'll get some reports on where the fish are and how to catch them. If you're in the eastern area of the state along Lake Pontchartrain, Bourne, Biloxi Marsh area. We're back with Captain Mike right after this timeout. And that brings Captain Mike Gallo in to give us a fishing report. Uh, it's brought to you by CETO, $179 a year. What does that get you? Well, it gets you a membership to get unlimited fuel dropped off where you need it, when you need it. Tow you in 24-7, jump starts for electrical problem, whatever it takes to get you back to dock safely. Sea tow is like having AAA on the water. It's peace of mind for you and your loved ones, and it's one phone call away. Call Captain Chris, 504-301-4545, or click com and you're in. Captain Mike, tell me about those beautiful speckled trout you and the boys caught yesterday. I tell you, Don, I'm... I'm enjoying fishing at the bridges. It seems like it's been quite a while. But, yes, me and a a great group of guys from Gallo Mechanical out of Baton Rouge, they've been in the lodge for a couple of days, and we caught some beautiful spectrum trout yesterday. And today I'm I'm looking at the LNN Bridge. I'm in Wrigley's Pass. And uh, as soon as I get off the phone with you, we're going to cut across Lake Horn and go catch some redfish in the Biloxi Marsh. What was the pattern you picked up those trout on? We fished live shrimp on a drop shot yesterday. Um, we were on the west side of the train bridge, and I was, I guess I was fairly close to Mid Lake or just north of Mid Lake. Me and, you know, 200 of my closest friends were all out there <laughs> anchored, and if you were lucky enough to have live shrimp, it was, it was pretty steady action. I did see some trollers, and they were successful. I saw a lot of people catching fish yesterday, so it's good to see the lake um, back being productive. You know, Mike, sometimes those fish hold real tight to the poles, and other times they might be 20, maybe 30 yards off. What was it yesterday? Were they up close, or were you catching them off, or both? I would say we were... I anchored to where we could probably, a really long cast could reach the bridge, but an average cast would probably put you 20 feet in front of the bridge on the west side of the bridge. Now, it's interesting you say that because uh, we were done at 9 o'clock, and I had another captain running a trip for me, and he was next to me, and he said the bike slowed down, and he noticed the trollers 
were working a little further out from the bridge. So he moved further away from the bridge and started casting west towards the causeway, and he started picking up a few more out away from the bridge. That was probably 9.30. So it seemed like a little later in the morning, the fish pulled out from the bridge. Yeah, it's it's interesting how just sometimes a little move like that can can turn things around for you. Um, now we got point three tide range today, so for someone that's going to be fishing in a marsh situation, or maybe they might want to try underneath that that train bridge, uh, you got to catch some some focal points. You know those those points where the water's pushed in and maybe use the wind to your advantage. What do you suggest for working on these days when there's low tide range? Yeah, exactly like you said. L&M Bridge will be a good spot. Wrigley's Pass. Hospital Wall has been pretty good. Um, I think yesterday, as the tide slowed down, the fish pulled further away from the bridge because the bridge is not really creating eddies and things like that when the tide slows down. So obviously the fish may just pull away and, and you know chase bait on their own out in open water, not utilizing the structure that's there. Same thing in the marsh. I would be in bayous where you'll have points, and the smaller the bayou, the more current will be confined, and it'll have a little more velocity to it. And that'll be exactly what we do to, this morning, head into a bayou where we can cast to points and cones and cuts and things like that. Hopefully we catch a few right away and we can put together a pattern. Well, you guys probably had close to 100 trout yesterday and. When people hear these reports and their friends tell them that they catch fish out there, they're going to be headed out that way. Uh, did you try any plastics yesterday? And if you did, what color was effective? I did I did try some plastic a little later in the day, and I did not have much success on it at all. I caught one fish. Now, those guys had me hopping because they were pulling fish in. Two and three <laughs> I was taking them off the hook and rebaiting. I did speak to the other captain, his group. They wanted to be a little more self-sufficient and bait their own hooks, so he did get an opportunity to fish with some plastic, and he told me that the Matrix Holy Jolie, named after Joel Masson, was the producing color for him. Yeah, well, interesting. Daryl Carpenter said that was the hot bait down in the Grand Isle area. Describe what that color looks like. It's kind of clear. I would say it mimics a rain metal but it's kind of clear and has some sparkles in it, some aqua colors, or I guess you would call that kind of a green or turquoise color. Um, it's a nice bait. really works with it. Now, you guys are going after reds today. Uh, are you going to do your typical, some with live, some with plastic, some with cork, some on the bottom, till you find out the pattern? We're going to start out with corks and fish plastic about 12 inches under a cork, and we do have some fresh dead shrimp with us. If we have to go in that direction, we'll change over to shrimp under a cork. You know, our buddy Jeff Brule uh, snuck out there and did some saltwater fishing and found a little run on flounders. Did you pick up any flounders uh, yesterday on the bridges? That's the interesting thing. I did have some flounder on Thursday, but yesterday not a single one. I think, you know, I think of fish in relation to how fast they are. And we were in a pretty good nest of trout, and they were probably gobbling up those shrimp before a flounder could get to him because he's not nearly as fast as a speckled trout. Yeah, but he's a master at camouflage that's sitting waiting in a quick strike. <laughs> he's good at that. Well, it all sounds yeah, like fun, uh, Mike. Go ahead. 
I would imagine sitting and waiting with a bunch of You broke up a little bit. Say that again. I think we might have lost him on that one. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we'll never know. We'll have to be con- that'll be continued next week. It's Captain Mike Gallo, AA of LA. Com. You can also find him on our website. And, of course, you can uh, give him a call, too. Just look him up. Captain Mike Gallo, Angling Adventures of Louisiana. Great guy to fish with. You learn a lot every time you go. Coming back after this, it's time for the Paddler's Report. Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club and Massey's present it. And our reporter this week is Brendan Bayard telling us about the results of the Way Yat Tournament in St. Bernard last weekend. That and a forecast for those of you headed out to paddle for your fish right after this. And if you go stroking or pedaling for your fish, we got the Paddler's Report with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club. It's a presentation of Massey's Outfitters. They're in Mid-City, New Orleans. Got one in Baton Rouge, Covington. Going to find some of the best kayak fishing models from brands like Hobie, Jackson Kayak, and Native Watercraft. Look at their website or their Facebook page, MasseyOutfitters.com. And one of the brand-new models, in fact, we may be breaking news here, Hobie has a new one coming out. They released it yesterday called The Lynx, a stand-up paddleboard with that Mirage Drive that is so popular. Brendan Bayard probably can't wait to sit in one and get his feet underneath it. Brendan, thank you for sending me the photo of that. That's a slick-looking rascal, that Lynx. Yeah, that's going to be a popular kayak with the uh, sight fishing crowd. Uh, that stand-up paddleboard deck is uh, is really nice and big, and you can uh, put your feet just about anywhere for balance. And uh, I think it's going to be a great uh, platform to get into these marshes and just stand up and, and use that stand-up paddleboard paddle uh, and just kind of cruise around when you're not uh, going from pond to pond with the Mirage Drive and really sight fish these redfish, uh, I think it's going to be a perfect fit for the water we have down here in Louisiana. Yeah, if you pop that drive out, you're going to be in, you could float that thing in a couple inches of water. I mean, wet mud you might be able to get through. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, We're looking forward to seeing that. Uh, Way Yacht Tournament was held in St. Bernard. That's the one I really like. It's a combination of freshwater and saltwater fishing. The contestants are looking for two reds, slot size, and then two bass. How did it turn out? Uh, well, you know, we have uh, this guy in the club that is, happens to be a two-time world champion, Steve Lassard. He uh, laid the smackdown last week and proved to us why he is nobody to forget. And uh, he brought in two perfect redfish uh, right around 27 inches, and uh, he actually found uh, marsh bass that was about four pounds that kind of crushed the uh, components I think he had three pounds heavier than the next placing guy and ran away with the tournament. So great job to Steve. I think he caught his reds in Reggio area and then uh, bass fished over in the Bayou Genvenue area. Uh, congratulations to Steve. In addition to being a, a very outstanding fisherman, uh, he's a great guy. He's a real gentleman. And, you know, as what you see is what you get. He's the real deal. And, he certainly deserves it. Uh, let's talk about some other places where kayak fishing is going to be good this weekend. Yeah, down in Grand Isle, it's kind of really the uh, emphasis of uh, where everybody's going and, and fishing. Uh, behind the behind Grand Isle, they have the you know the kayak launches. Uh, you can uh, fish right there, close to that kayak launch in the middle of the island. You can paddle out to Dutch Island. All those areas are full with. Uh, filled with trout, and uh, people are catching them on top waters, popping corks, uh, live bait, you name it. 
there's also a, a lot of people, you know, showing up with uh, flounder catches to the uh, at the end of the day. So uh, flounder are back there, which is kind of a, a cool thing to uh, to catch uh, on the front of the island. You're you're uh, whenever you have a, a good wave condition, you're going to catch some some nice trout up there. Uh, a lot of great reports coming from that uh, Elmer's Island area of the uh, of the beach, as well as over there by the uh, Fushan area of the beach. Uh, I even heard some really really nice reports of like right inside uh, the Fushan rocks on the way out uh, when you're uh, you have a little rougher day on the outside of the beach, but you can kind of tuck inside and, and work those rocks on the way out to uh, Bell Pass. A lot of people catch some nice trout. So the whole area. I think is uh, is just you know this is the time of year to get down there looking for those bigger fish, and uh, you're gonna you're gonna have a good weekend if you uh, time it with the wind. Have you been to or got any reports from that Calcasieu area? I haven't heard much yeah, from there, I, but this should really be a good time out there. Yeah, West Cove is really doing well. Uh, if you want to go out to uh, West Cove, there's two launches that kayakers can take to get out there. There's the Hog Island Gully Launch. And then there's the West Cove launch itself. Uh, itself. They're, uh, you know, about half a mile, a mile or so to get into the lake. The uh, Hog Island Gully launch puts you uh, towards the north side of West Cove where the uh, ship channel is. And then there's that, uh, the West Cove one is further in the kind of the, the back west pocket of uh, West Cove. And uh, you, you can uh, really go in there and, and catch a lot of fish this time of year. Uh, as long as it's not has a super high rain in the area, uh, you can really do well. I like to go and fish. There's a reef right in the middle of West Cove. They call it Cross Reef. Uh, this time of year, it's just really nice, uh, full of fish. Um, get out there early, and uh, you never know what kind of fish you can catch. I've had many days where I've gone out there, and five-pound trout are biting first light. Uh, Brennan, you do any offshore fishing? You know, a lot of people are heading to the Alabama over there by Orange Beach area and fishing off the coast and Pensacola area. You do any fishing over there? Yeah, I, I go every year. I have a few uh, buddies that are on the Hobie team, and they're, uh, luckily they still take me out uh, every, every time I come down there <laughs> for uh, family vacation. And, uh, man, I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to go there in about a month. But, uh, you know, if you think about the pass situation, there's a pass in Destin, there's a pass in uh, Pensacola Beach. All the kayakers like to go out in Navarre. Uh, they can go, you know, a mile, a mile and a half, two miles, and be right at some pristine reefs that are that are really close for a kayaker that aren't kind of inundated with boat traffic because those passes are so far away. But if you want to go offshore kayak fishing, Navarre is a is a great place to go, and you can literally just take your depth finder out there and just kind of Look around to see if there's other people fishing reefs and, and, and bottom spots or find spots of live bottom with your depth finder. And, uh, you know, I've stumbled upon some great spots and dropped down, and you you got your limit of snapper really quick. Yeah, it's a good place. Brendan, thanks for the report. Uh, good luck to your uh, soccer-playing sons, and hopefully they win the game and you all catch some fish afterwards. Yeah, we're loaded up the kayaks, and as soon as we're done with soccer, we are hitting coast. All right. Sounds like a good plan. Thanks for the report, Brendan. We appreciate it as always. Take care. Thanks, Don. All right. You guys uh, want to get some more information about purchasing kayaks or 
get fishing tips and information, I suggest going to the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club website, even become a member. Great bunch of guys, always willing to share information. All right, we come back after this. Uh, let's see what we have. We got some bad boys. Some guys decided they wanted to shoot a deer off the side of the road. Well, they got caught, and they admitted to it. There are bad boys this week, and they're next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. I'm looking at a report from the Sippermore Point Community Group uh, Facebook page that Douglas Olander caught and uh, captured and took a photograph of a bull shark he caught in, of all places, Vermilion Bay. It was uh, in excess of seven feet long, which has always been rumored, but Never really had the proof that they were that big in that area. Speaking of bull sharks, uh, our Bayou Wild TV crew, we have a, a bull shark fishing trip planned for this summer, and hopefully we'll be successful. We can tell you some more details and stories about bull sharks in Louisiana. Uh, some other things that we've done uh, we this week, we went to a place called LTE Crawfish in Ethel, Louisiana. It is a soft-shell crawfish processing plant. Very interesting, and i got to tell you, those soft-shell crawfish, if you like soft-shell crabs, you'll like the crawfish, too. You'll see that on an upcoming episode of Bayou Wild TV. And as I mentioned, we were also yesterday in Alexandria at the Louisiana Taxidermy Association's uh, convention, and we got a lot of information about taxidermy, the art, and it really is an art. And if you enjoy watching Bayou Wild TV and talking about fishing and hunting, come uh, visit us. We are two Mondays a month. We're at a place called Etouffee Authentic Cajun Cuisine Restaurant. It's on Highway 190 in Covington. Stop by and talk a little fishing and hunting with us and enjoy a great meal. They've got some extraordinary dishes there at Etouffee Authentic Cajun and Cuisine and uh, say hello to Captain Martha Spencer, or cameraman Chris Lecoq, and myself. All right, we come back after this quick station ID. I'm going to tell you about three boys in St. Tammany Parish decided to, well, they made a mistake. They decided they were going to hunt deer out of season from a public road. Their story is next on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fishery Agents Corporal Michael Marquez, Jr., and Senior Agent Joel Crump had some information back on April 15th about shots fired off Davis Landing Road near the Pearl River Wildlife Management Area in St. Tammany Parish. The person making the report observed three young men retrieving and loading a deer into the bed of a pickup truck. Upon further investigation, the agents were able to identify and make contact with the three, and they admitted to taking a doe deer from the road Seized was the deer meat and a 45 Glock 41 pistol, and citations were issued for taking deer during close season and from a public road, which could bring maximum fines of $1,300 plus an additional $1,624 in civil restitution. That's the value estimated to the state of a doe deer, and a possible four months in jail for 18-year-old Dalton S. Bond, 19-year-old Evan A. Setatal, and 18-year-old Candon Seeley Morse, all of Slidell, Louisiana, are bad boys of the outdoors. All right, those of you fishing, uh, in fact, we're going to have a report coming up momentarily on Plaquemines Parish. If you're fishing in the Lake Hermitage area, there's the annual Deer Range in Susie Bayou Redfish Rodeo taking place. It was named after a longtime resident fisherman, who passed away this last winter. 
And uh, as our texter says, he is missed by all. And good luck. That's Mike on Deer Range. All right, we're going to take a quick pause. When we come back, uh, Ryan Lambert joins us. Boy, he's been a busy guy. Uh, been doing a lot of fishing. I guess people have been holed up with all the pandemic and travel has uh, kind of limited them. Well, it's kind of opening up now, and uh, the fish are cooperating, too. we got Ryan's report coming next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And let's find out what direction he's throwing his plastic this weekend. Captain Ryan Lambert of Cajun Fishing Adventures joins us. We talk about fishing down in Plaquemines Parish. Ryan, what's been going on this week besides a lot of rain and wind? Any fish jumping in the boat down there? It's been, it's been and not so much rain here as like up north, but a lot of wind and even yesterday northeast the last two days has been just horrendous. Uh, but but the boys are working hard and catching catching some fish. But, but they they really had to put in some work the last two days to make it happen. Uh, you know, northeast wind is detrimental on the east side, and there's nothing to protect you on the west side. So that's one of those winds that that hurts the most. So. They, uh, it's calm right now. I know it's going to go to 12 to 20. They're talking, but it might be 12 if, instead of 20 today, you know, because it's two or three days after that front. So I'm hoping uh, that they can get on some trout and, and work their way around. They all, they all, I think a lot of them went west today to try to go to the beach and go towards, you know, Lake Washington area. You know, there's a lot more fish over there. We've got 12 boats today. So, um after taking a whipping on the east side the last two days in that wind, because they see the fish are on the outside, and if you can't get on the outside because of the waves, then you you know you have to fish the inner marsh, and that's not where the fish are right now because the river is rising. You know the river dictates that it's going to come to twelve three, and then it's going to drop. I think on the twenty sixth it'll be twelve three, and then it'll start dropping, and it'll be nine something by June 9th, which will, which will really start getting good because if it falls on down there. In the six-foot range by the end of June. Oh, my goodness, this place will light up like a Christmas tree. I guess with the conditions, uh, none of you guys have been able to run out toward the, the Breton Island area because I know sometimes you go take a peek over that way and can be really uh, hit or miss, and unfortunately, if you miss, it's a long run to get a miss. Yeah, so it's kind of sure risky, is. but, boy, it can pay off sometimes. Well, not yet. It's um, This year is a little different in that, you know, just like the shrimp season won't open until the 22nd or 26th. I forget what they said. But everything's a little behind this year. We haven't had any warm weather to speak of. And we're still getting these fronts. And everything's behind this year. So I know somebody that went to the island caught a few small fish, but they, it hadn't been good yet. And it's very, very few days we had a chance to run out that way. So uh, by by June, all that ought to be smoking hot. I can't wait. Uh it's, um, it's ready. <laughs> you know, they've been catching some nice trout when they get on them, but it's just hard to get on them when it's blowing like it's been blowing. I got a couple of buddies who are, are retired, and they just sit on edge waiting, and, and they're there. When they see the conditions, they go out there, and they're very successful out there. And they did squeeze one trip in. I'm not sure which day they went recently, but I caught a bunch of trout and, and all on top waters, which is a lot of fun. Wow. And they're surf fishermen. They like to jump in the water and fish with them. Yeah, uh, I probably know those same buddies that's retired. They don't have a dang thing to do but go fish. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I know where they caught those at, and it wasn't, it wasn't out on the islands, I don't think. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they like to jump in the water with the sharks and stuff. I don't get it, but 
whatever. <laughs> I'm, not, yeah. I'm not getting out of Why jump out of a perfectly good boat? boat to go jump in there with the stingrays and the sharks. It's just not happening. You know, right. it's, it's, Ryan, they say they say it helps. They, yeah, yeah. They, they set the uh, duck season uh, tentatively. It's right. a notice of intent, and it looks like we're going back to two zones. And they're going to call them east and west instead of north and south. And it's that crazy situation where where you hunt down near the mouth of the river is going to be in the west oh, zone, which is confusing. The east spot in the state is in the west zone. <laughs> that tells you right there everything you need to know about it. And then the, the only days that you can, the only days that you can hunt in January, they shut the season down. And after that, I can hunt five days because of negative tides in a whole month. Mm. I'm talking about what a disaster. That's all I can say about yeah. it. What a disaster. So, what I'm what I'm going to do this year? I'm I'm going to all those bad days. I am going to set off out offshore blinds because all the birds out Bretton sounds, you know. So I just soon go out there and hunt them. So when it's going to be negative tides, they're not in the marsh because there's no water. So I'm just going to go outside and hunt. I'm just going to. You know, you know I, I, I learned something hunting with you about that that offshore stuff. You know, a lot of people under the impression, and I was too, that your puddle ducks don't do that. They won't sit offshore in that deep water. But it's not just redheads and canvasbacks and and dogrees that oh, sit out there. Everything, everything, everything's got to go out there because there's no water in the marsh. If the marsh goes dry, you know they don't they don't like just walking around in the mud trying to eat. You know, I mean they do that up north in the fields, but here they don't. They because there's so many predators that can get them. So what they do here, they go offshore. And at night when the tide comes in, they all come into the marsh and feed. And as soon as that tide's going out, because it's negative, negative five, negative eight, you know, the, the marsh goes dry. And, you know, if people don't understand, they say, well, all our ducks have left. No, they're just sitting offshore waiting for a chance to come in. And, and no, normally that's nocturnally, and they come in at night to feed. So you don't get to see them. So... You know, it's just a fact of life here, and they put the season right on top of it, and I've been talking to them about it for years, but it doesn't seem to make a difference to them. You know, just make the season. Everybody thinks that the later you hunt, the more ducks you can get because of, you know, the weather's changing and all, but the ducks are here. I mean, I killed 3,600 ducks last year on a bad year, so it's uh, you just have to do your homework. You just can't go to the same blind every day. Well, they didn't fly today. No, you got to figure out what they're doing, how they're doing it, what tide they're doing it, what wind they're doing it, where they're feeding. You know, so much to duck hunting that people don't realize. But, you know, when me and my boys, we, we do a lot, a lot of homework. And we figure it out, and we kill a lot of ducks, man. We 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 obsessed. That's what we are. <laughs> We're all quacked up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you definitely are. You work at it real hard. Describe to me what an offshore blind is going to look like. Is it going to be basically canes out there stuck, and you're going to pull the the dumpsters in there, or is it going to be something different? It's going to have to be made of wood or something because the canes will get beat up out there in the waves. You know, maybe uh, I'm going to have to do a lot of scouting to see, but if I can get on the lee shore of an island, then I could put the canes. But uh, if not, I'm going to have to build something out of some 4 by 4s and uh, build build it up and then pull the, the dumpster into it. But uh, either way, well, I'm gonna make it happen. You know, I just I can't. I either can't way, duck the whole month of January. <laughs> ducks will die. So it'll be will oh, happen. Yeah. That's for sure. No doubt about Poor it. Little babies, I just 
Only six at a time, though. We don't, you know, <laughs> we don't want to kill them that's all. We it. like to sit that's there and watch them after we get our six. <laughs> it's kind of an oxymoron thing, but it is what it is. Yeah, well, good news. We got another three-week teal season, three weekends, so that'll be good. Yeah, and only one pintail again this year, but I heard rum- rumblings of three next year. Because hmm. the, 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 the genders are messed up. There's too many males, huh. and, and I could really help them out with that. Yeah, I know a lot of people would. Ryan, if somebody wants to get in a fishing trip with you, I know he's crowded down there, and you take big groups in most cases, but when you run in 10, 12 boats a day, it's tough to find some time. Uh, Tell them how to check your schedule. Uh, Yeah, they can call me direct on my cell phone. The best way is just 504-559-5111, or just go to the website and check that out first at CajunFishingAdventures.com. And uh, your voice is sounding a lot better, my friend. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You're getting there. Yeah, it's coming back. It's coming back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have a great day. I'm going to get in the boat. Go get that. We'll see you next week. All right, buddy. All right, there he is, Captain Plastic Man, also known as Ryan Lambert. When we come back after this, I'm going to tell you about some crawfishing and uh, share some of these text messages with you. We'll do that right after this on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, uh, we have a text uh, messenger that uh, needs a little help, and maybe I'm going to put this out for the audience to give them some help. Uh, they're wanting to know if there's a boat scrapyard around, looking for some unique boat parts, but don't want anything new, especially the new price. Understand, uh, I can't think of any, but, well, that should would be a, probably a pretty good business if you had old boat parts and, uh, you know, to exchange like they have for automobiles, but I don't know of any. There's probably some out there. I'm just not aware of them. <clears throat> so if you know of one, send me a text, 504-260-1870, and if I don't get it in time to announce it before we go off the air here, I'll I'll have that for you next week, text her 1192, and I'll, I'll ask around and see. Uh, it should be a good business idea, especially the way the boating industry is right now. A lot of uh, high prices for used boats. If you're looking to sell a boat, Probably no better time because there's a shortage of, of new boats. All right, here's one that says, I hope the crawfish boil in Alabama water turned out well. <clears throat> it certainly did, David. Uh, you know, the Louisiana crawfish and Alabama water mixes pretty good. They came out pretty good. Uh, speaking of crawfish, today, a little bit later on, I am going to be boiling crawfish again this weekend. This one uh, to raise some funds for the second annual Build and Boil uh, community effort. It's for rebuilding together New Orleans. Uh, they will be providing five families with some badly needed home repairs with the proceeds. So if you'd like to enjoy some crawfish, come on out. It's going to be at 2801 Murray Street. Uh, get started probably about noon. We'll be serving the crawfish till four o'clock or until they run out, whichever comes first. It's a contest. There's some competition. There'll be music, games, and also you can participate in or watch, become a an observer of the fastest peeling contest. I don't think I've ever seen. I've seen crawfish eating contests, but fastest peeling I uh, have not seen. But we will today. Again, that's at 2801 Murray Street. Come on out. It's $35 for an all-you-can-eat wristband. That's to benefit Rebuilding Together New Orleans. You can check it out on Facebook if you want to find out more about it. That's this Saturday. Next Saturday, I'll be at St. Catherine, Siena on Metairie Road. I'll be judging. I won't have to cook. All i got to do is taste. 
and the event is going to be from 2 in the afternoon till 8 o'clock at night. This is one of the largest crawfish cook-offs uh, in the area. And uh, hopefully Captain Martha will be able to make it if she's not fishing. Uh, tickets for this one are $30, and they have a special kid zone. There's going to be 12,000 pounds of crawfish. And they're selling tickets through their Facebook page. That's at uh, facebook.com slash Crawfest Crawfest. Or you can uh, check it out. Just get in touch with them over at St. Catherine Seattle or Google it, and you'll find that it's an all-you-can-eat-like-most. There's going to be 40 different teams. Whew, I don't know if I'll be able to judge that many. I hope they got it broken down into divisions. Maybe that'll be an answer. All right, also, don't forget to tune us in on Bayou Wild TV. We're out gathering some very unique episodes for the start of Season 7, which will be kicking off this summer. Uh, we just completed Season 6. Some of the things you'll be seeing, uh, the soft-shell crawfish episode. Uh, that's something very few people really know about that in Louisiana. And we tell you all about how to prepare them, where to get them, uh, and how, the biology of, of crawfish and how they molt. And when they get in that soft-shell condition, how tasty they can be. Also, we uh, did the Louisiana Taxidermy Association Convention. You get to look at some of those very unique species that are on display this weekend, as a matter of fact, in Alexandria at the River Center. And hopefully we'll have that bull shark feature. We're also going to do a kayak camp out with Explore Kayak along the coast. We'll be spending the night out and also catching some fish, hopefully, and lots of other stuff. So tune us in, BayouWildTV.com. You can watch all the past episodes there. Or we also have a listing for all the channels and dates and times when the show airs. You know when this one airs every Saturday morning, 5 a.m., we're back again next week for another edition of The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.